Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. Meanwhile, at Seaside Plumbing, Josh excitedly finds Lauren in her office. Lauren, glad I found you. Josh, good. Wanted to talk to you about the Robinson job because he's without water. Can we please take care of him quickly? Okay. Just wanted to wish you happy. Just in case the splitter head gets stuck. Of course. And happy. Do we not have enough splitter heads? We do. And happy anniversary. So why did we get an invoice for another one? I wanted to make sure there's always one available. And happy anniversary. Okay, good. And all our plumbers have access to the equipment, right? Yes, all the plumbing techs know how to sign out anything they need. You do know what today is, right? Of course, it's Tuesday. So we have everything we need for the job. Yes. And Mr. Robinson will be taken care of today. Absolutely. Good. Then why were you looking for me? I just wanted to say happy anniversary. Oh, thanks, Josh. But it's actually tomorrow. In a sea of ordinary, choose extraordinary. Visit SeasidePlumbingInc.com. Licensed in Delaware and Maryland. Welcome back to the Empire Builders Podcast. Dave Young here alongside Stephen Semple. And Stephen, you told me the, the topic today and I don't, I know, of course I know about it. I might even do. be able to guess the guy's first name and that I, I know that he was uh, Eastern European, but probably Russian. Erno Rubik, the inventor of the, is it Erno? It is. Okay. Well done. Bing, 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 gold star Bing, bing, Erno Rubik. So it's the, we're going to talk about Rubik's Cube. Correct. And uh, Erno is the Rubik in question. It was the big toy when I was a kid. I'm, I'm thinking 80s, early 80s, late 70s? When, yeah. Is that kind of? So yeah. uh, my frustration with it is um, I've never been able to do it. I can't solve a Rubik's Cube to save my life. I, I'm with and you. I know, and I know people that can just, uh, the ones that can go click, 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 click and done. I like, hate them. Dang. I hate them. Yeah. Well, and when, and when you say going on to be big, it went on to become the best selling toy of all time. Yeah. So big. Yes. The biggest, in fact, the biggest, yeah. in fact. So the idea started in the 1970s. And if we go back to the 1970s, games were primarily puzzles and puzzles were kind of getting boring and video games had just come out mm. and were proving to be super popular and were yeah. impacting other games like other games and toys all started to incorporate lights and sounds and electronics like you remember battleship battleship suddenly had sound effects like where instead of you just saying you sank my battleship you press a little sound and there'd be a little explosion and oh yeah and yeah. all that other stuff so toys were all starting to incorporate this stuff and milton bradley even predicted the time that every toy in the future would be electronic. That was mm. the mindset at that moment. Then along comes Rubik's Cube with no electronics, no sound effects, sells 3 million units in three years and goes on to become the best-selling toy of all time. Yeah. So it's 1974. Erno Rubik is the professor at the Hungary College of Applied Arts right? Which at that time is part of the Soviet Union. So it's behind yeah, the wall. It's, it's part of the whole deal. Yeah. And he's a trained architect and he's teaching architecture and design. His father's an engineer. 
His mother's a poet, and he's really interested with how people interact with things. And he would teach a class on how to do 3D drawings. And he would start with a cube. Mm. And when drawing, you can only see three sides at a time. So this started out not as a toy, but as a teaching device. Okay. He wanted to get across the idea of thinking in three dimensions. How can you rotate things around a core? How does this impact the relationship to each one of the sides? So he creates this cube where you can rotate the sides. Amazing. Okay. But he still needs to track the movement to show the special relationships. So he puts stickers on the faces. But Mm. as he starts to turn it, he realizes, how do I get things to line up again? So when he tries to move it to solve it, he makes it worse. We've experienced that, right, Dave? (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Suddenly, it's not a teaching tool. It's a puzzle. Yeah. How do I get it back to the start? I know it can be done because I undid it. Right. There's no easy solution. It's like the couch that came into the room. It got in here, so I know I can get it out. Yeah. And at the time, he has no idea how complex this is. And he's fiddling with it. A month later, he's still not solved it. And he feels like he should be able to solve this. Right? Yeah. I'm glad to hear that he couldn't do it either. (laughs) (laughs) Solving the cube requires 3D awareness. And he suddenly solves it and he feels the thrill. Yeah. But here's the problem. And we've covered this in other podcasts such as Tetris. He's in a communist country, Hungary. And no one can create anything. The government does. Everything is owned by the government. All ideas are owned by the government. So how do you monetize the idea? He's the son of an aviation engineer, and his dad does own some patents. So it is possible in Hungary, but it takes quite a while to get a patent. And he eventually does, and he names it Magic Cube and releases it in Hungary. And it slowly Mm. gets a bit of a fan base, but he can't get it beyond the Iron Curtain. Now, Hungary is closer to the West than the rest of the communist Russia, and he's able to send the cube to a West German toy fair. And remember, it's called Magic Cube. And only Mm -hmm. one toy company is interested. The ideal toy company needs a hit. Like they haven't had a hit in a while. So they send Stuart Sims to Hungary to investigate this idea. Stuart looks at this. Right. So basically, he's handed one of these cubes. He looks at it, he fiddles with it, and he doesn't believe it's able to be solved. So he hands it back to Rubik <laughs> and he says, Can can't, you solve can't it? Can't be done. Can't be done. Can't be solved. So imagine the pressure in that moment. Mm. Rubik manages to solve it, and they all feel the thrill. Nice. Right. Because that's the key to a game, the thrill, right? The next thing Stuart says, is he hates the name, hates the name Magic Cube. He wants to call it Rubik's Cube. Rubik agrees to change the name. It becomes Rubik's Cube. Three years later, 100 million sold and becomes the best-selling toy of all time. But it started yeah. off as a teaching aid. I love that. I love that it started off. as, And, and I, you can see it being used, right? You, mm-hmm. you divide a cube into, into uh, you know, thirds in three different dimensions and then rotate one. Right. 
And what a great tool for teaching three-dimensional thinking. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Hey, Rick, how's it going? Okay, fine. That doesn't sound okay. Well, what is it? My business. What about it? You probably wouldn't understand. Hit me. Well, you know I love it. But? My revenues have flatlined and I'm not growing anymore. Okay. Well... It's frustrating and depressing, and it was so much better when we were growing. Oh, I bet it was. And nothing I've tried has moved the needle. What about talking to Steven? Steven who? You know, the guy that hosts this podcast. Really? You think he could help? I hear he runs a paid-for-performance marketing agency. I wonder how that works. Why don't you ask him? How? Book one of those free starter sessions on the podcast website. I don't know. You can't say you've tried everything. If you don't try this. You're right. I might even learn something. I bet you do. Thanks, man. Let's go grab a bite. Yeah, sounds good. Right after you call Steven. Okay, okay. Book your starter session on this podcast website. Just visit theempirebuilderspodcast.com and click on Get Started. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. And I have to give Rubik a lot of credit here. He created this as a teaching thing. But he saw its potential as a toy. Mm -hmm. And let's not discount that. There are so many things where people, because their mind isn't open for it, and it could work so much better somewhere else, don't do it. Like, this is what amazed me when we, when we did way back, one of the early episodes on DoorDash, where they had originally sought they were creating software for the restaurant business that was solving a different problem. And when they went in to talk to the restaurateurs, the restaurateurs are going, that's not our problem, but can you solve this problem? And they went, oh, we could use this to solve this problem. And suddenly that they were in a different business. Or, you know, M.M. Lafleur, right? Where she really was a pioneer in the whole idea of, of shipping dresses to people. It's like, it would be easy to sit there and go, oh, well, yeah, it'd be obvious it's a toy. Not. I got like yeah, yeah, yeah. really keeping your, your mind open to these opportunities is a huge thing. So he didn't set out to build a toy, set out to build a teaching device that ended up becoming an awesome toy. You could develop it as, as a drawing of, of cubes, right? And try to explain that. He probably, that's probably how he started, right? But it is how he it started, in actual, yes. In actual physical space so you can actually manipulate it. I can say I've never solved one, but they are fun to just handle and manipulate. Yes. Right. It's, it's a, it's a nice toy to have in your hands and just fiddle with. Yes. And I mean, there's a, there's a huge market for, um, fidget toys, right? We've seen mm -hmm. fidget spinners and we've seen like, you could almost make the case that the Rubik's cube was probably used as a fidget toy as much, if not more so than, than as a fun puzzle to solve. Yes. Right. Everybody had one and everybody played with it, but there weren't that many people that could just whip it back into um, into its solved position. As we speak, I'm, I'm the kind of person that if, if I don't have stuff in my hands that I'm kind of playing with uh, when we're doing recordings like this, there's a real chance that I'm going to click off to another tab and, and just be... Um, you know, on Facebook or somewhere, and you'll be telling me some really interesting <laughs> facet of the story. And I'm like, wait, what? What? <laughs> yeah, Dave, back here. <laughs> and so I, I, when, when you told me the topic, I even showed you, like, I have this little fidget toy that's nothing but uh, aluminum cubes that are hinged together in weird ways. And you can just fold it and unfold it and fold it and unfold it. Every single side of the cube is blue. Right. Right. There's no unsolved uh, position on this. Like right. it's a Rubik's cube. I, in fact, that's it made me think that's the Rubik's cube that I want is where all 
six sides are the same color. Yeah, there you go. I look like I look like a genius. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this magic of fiddling with it. And and it's funny you talk about fidget toys and whatnot. My oldest daughter, Crystal, she's gone back to the world's oldest fidget toy, which is knitting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. And she describes it as a quiet fidget toy. It's one that you uh-huh. can do and it's nice and it's nice and quiet. Yeah. But the world's oldest fidget toy, knit. <laughs> or crochet, yeah. one of those two, right? Uh, dude, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the guy that'll sit in a meeting and take a pen apart. Yeah, yeah. I right? I, um, I guilty, guilty. Yeah. But it's very cool when you think like he was trying to solve this problem, and also recognizing that it's one thing to show it, and it's one thing to draw it, and it's another thing to manipulate it. And what I can imagine is that moment where he goes, okay, I'm going to put colors on the sides and I'm going to twist it and I'm going to twist it. Okay, now I'm going to twist it back. And it's like, and I can't. oh crap, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's spending and, like literally a month and he's an expert at thinking of 3D litters spending a month going, it has to be possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has to be, right? That's it. If you really want to screw with somebody, if you figure out how to take a Rubik's Cube apart and put one of the cubes back in like just, 90 degrees off <laughs> give it a little and, and my kids would take them apart they're, they're kind of an interesting even mechanical principle on how they work but yeah i love that it started off as just a teaching tool and accidentally became a puzzle because i gotta get like i used to take apart a lot of things it, it, when i was a kid right my dad yeah. would bring gear home and i'd take it apart and uh, i never had a thought about putting it back together again <laughs> <laughs> It was all stuff that didn't work anyway. <laughs> so I learned how to disassemble electronics, but n- never put any together. I like I like this story, uh, and man, he that that's that's success, right? Biggest biggest seller of all time. Yeah, and the other pressure moment is when he's handed the thing by Stuart and says, "Okay, like, I don't think it's possible. You know, you have to prove it." And all of a sudden, it's like I got to do it right now, quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I got Pressure's no on. sale. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then it's just called the random cube, and it's a fidget toy. <laughs> oh, look! I accidentally got it to be all six colors on the same side. <laughs> <laughs> There's this one magic day that it's like, oh, look at that. <laughs> what a fun story to pick apart. Yeah, <laughs> and, and twist around. <laughs> twist it around, yeah. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the Empire Builders Podcast. Dot com. <laughs>